hundred years. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta get it done. No time for fun now. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta move on. Those days are gone now. We're out here in a windstorm. Stories that need to be told. Mike Young, Stock Tip Dave, broadcasting from my balcony because Dave came in with 13 strands of cat hair on his shoulder, and I could tell I was feeling something. I wanted to sneeze in my own building, in my own, in my own living room. I couldn't believe it. Dry cleaner messed up. Yeah, so now we're on the balcony. Dry cleaner messed up. Dave just afraid to tell the truth. He let the cat roll around in his shirt. I'm looking at 15 pieces of hair on you right now. Dave's telling me that his cat... That the, that the shirt was from the dry cleaner, and it's been hanging in the closet. How did cat hair get on the shirt? That's all I want to know. I How? Don't, I don't know. I literally just... <laughs> no, you, you, I, you're I making it, something up. I, make, I took it off the hanger, put it on, and came outside. I'm, I'm suffering from a health scare, man. <laughs> I just read the opening to Howard Stern's book, man. Howard Stern... I just bought his new book called Howard Stern Coming Ag- is Coming Again, or Comes Again. And it's ama- It's already amazing. I couldn't even put it down. I didn't go to bed till 3 o'clock in the morning because I was reading it in bed. Really? It's so good. But he talks about he had a double health scare, which turned out to be nothing, which is even crazier. And then I'll get to my health scare. But I had something similar to what Howard Stern had. Howard Stern goes to the doctor. The doctor tells him your white blood cells are so low, we might have to do chemotherapy. That's what they tell him right away. White blood cells low. Wow. He gets it again. He calls the number one doctor in America from Sloan Kettering that he knows, who also like teaches at USC, who's just a genius doctor. The doctor goes, you eating a lot of fish? He goes, yeah, I eat a ton of fish. He goes, it's your mercury levels. Stop eating fish. Go take some kind of vitamin, whatever. All of a sudden, his, teeth, his white cells went back up, and he was fine. But then he goes to the doctor. He gets a full body scan. They find like a little cyst on his kidney. They're like, this could be cancerous. He's like, oh, man, double negative, double negative. This is terrible. Now I'm for sure going to die. And Howard Stern's like me. He's a hypochondriac, maniac, full depressed if he gets any kind of health scare going. So Howard Stern goes in. He gets this. It's, it's a cyst. It's on his kidney. It's dangerous. He can't believe he's got this. He knew this is how it was going to end. He goes in. They take it out. It's nothing. It's a tiny little cyst that didn't even need to be removed. They get him out of there. They give him a full, you know, full bill of clean health. And he moves on with his life. But point is, I had a major scare. I do the whole tour with Saget, right? I do the whole tour. 20 cities. Everywhere. We're killing it. We're on the road. We're talking about videos after dark. We're playing thousand seat venues sold out everywhere. We play New York. We play New Jersey. We play Connecticut, Foxwoods Casino. We play New Hampshire. We play in an Amish town where a weird cult runs a bakery. We're playing everywhere <laughs> up in the Northeast. Wait, what do you mean cult runs a bakery? There's a cult t- called like the 12% Nate, the 12, 12 degrees of the 12% people or the 12 nation people it's like these really weird looking white people with beards that look close to the amish but they're not they think the jews are the devil but i gotta be honest they had amazing croissants so i did buy a croissant and i went in there and it was like somewhere in a tiny town in new hampshire and i don't know what they were or who they were but damn could they make a croissant dave are we good on this yeah yeah yeah, we're good good. i was just looking at the name of it yeah so I fly from, so that part of the Northeast tour is over, but we got one more show in Baltimore. So I go from Los Angeles 
keep in mind, every day I'm working out, but I'm not drinking water. I'm not drinking water. I'm not staying hydrated properly. I'm fake healthy. So I go from L.A. to D.C. A day later, I go D.C. back to L.A. Uh, two days later, I go L.A. back to Baltimore. A day and a half after that, I go Baltimore back to L.A. Two days after that, I go L.A. back to Florida <laughs> with a diversion into Nashville due to weather. I'm stuck on an airplane for another nine hour situation i'm not moving i get to florida finally at two o'clock in the morning i go instead of walking around and moving my legs around i sit down because i'm working on the run dmc outline and i sit down he'll be okay i sit down <laughs> and all of a sudden i i work for three hours in florida in my hotel room i'm working in the hotel room so I think nothing of it. I'm like, God, I feel okay. I kind of feel okay, but I don't feel great. But I'm just really overtired and everything, dehydrated, not even thinking about water. I go to bed. I get up. I do my two shows that night. After the second show, I get off stage. I feel like a back spasm happening. I'm like, man, I'm not feeling right. Saget gets off stage. I'm like, Bob, man, this back spasm is like closing in on my lung. Something's not right. Let's go to the hospital. West Palm Beach Hospital. We go to the e emergency room. If you can get a famous friend, by the way, famous people, you guys should rent yourselves out for hospital visits because <laughs> anybody that walks into a hospital with a famous person, they get right in. I get right in. Turns out they check my vitals. They check everything. I'm laid up. They start pumping me with morphine. You're just in pain. Maybe it's a back spasm. I tell them I flew 29,000 miles in 10 days. They're like, holy moly, let's get you into a CAT scan unit. I go into the CAT scan unit, pulmonary embolism, bro. I almost died two Fridays ago. Two weeks ago today, I was in a hospital and a blood clot from a deep vein thrombosis in my leg that you get from sitting, just from sitting, blew up in my body and came near my lung and I felt it in my ribs and they saved my life and they put me on blood thinners for three months. Hold on, this could be the handyman. Hold on, it's the handyman. Hello? I thought it was a handyman, but it wasn't. It was a Chinese disruptor. So it sounds like the next time you travel on tour, you should make a requirement for you to get one of those fold-down beds on every flight. So that way you can... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody deserves a bed. And by the way, so I get the clot. They give me the blood thinner. They got me in West Palm Beach Hospital. Same hospital I was in tw 10 years ago when I got sucker punched after my show in West Palm Beach by a skinhead lowlife who blasted me and put me in the hospital. I never saw his face, even though I found out who he was later, locked him up in jail, took his money every month for a year, $900 check coming from Department of Corrections. So I got his money. Wendy, you know who you are, buddy. I don't even say his name, but I follow him everywhere. Anyway, so I end up in the hospital in West Palm Beach. They keep me overnight. I'm stressed out. I'm having a hypochondriac event. Saget's there trying to save my life, telling everybody he saved my life because he brought me to the hospital. Of course, he's checking on me, you know, making sure the doctors are doing the right thing. Ironically enough and sadly enough, my boy Marty Quarters, who I grew up with, hockey coach, his mom passed away in West Palm Beach a day before, two days before that. So he's in West Palm Beach. So all of a sudden, I got Marty, my best friend growing up, and Saget, my new best friend, are in the emergency room with me, talk, you know, talking to the doctors. 
And the crazy, and by the way, Stock Tip Dave, shout out to Stock Tip Dave and his doctor family. Because I called you and you said, call my dad. You didn't even know your dad had this 50 years ago. No, he had no idea. So I called Dave, whose dad's a high-level doctor who's very business, about his business. He's a no-nonsense guy. He doesn't want to have any jokes on the air, telephone. He just wants to get to the diagnosis and figure it out. Straight to the point. So your dad could tell that I'm nuts because I said, I flew L.A., D.C., D.C., L.A., L.A., Baltimore, Baltimore, L.A., L.A., Florida. Do you think that this is really from sitting on an airplane? And your dad's like, this is a textbook case of sitting on an airplane and getting a blood clot. <laughs> There's no other way that this happens. He's like, but I would get a second opinion on if you can fly back tomorrow. Because what trips me out is after you're done with the blood clot and they got you on the blood thinners, all these doctors are like, you're good, you're fine, you're good, you're on a blood thinner, you can fly home. As if it's nothing. Yeah. So an hour ago I almost died, but in three hours I can go fly again. What's going on in the world, man? So Dr. Smuckler comes in. That's his name. Smuckler. <laughs> Smuckler comes in with an attitude. He's 300 pounds. This guy's not paying attention to any of the literature he's reading on health. He comes in, and he's like, the event happened. It's over. You're good. You can go home now. I said, hold up, Doc. <laughs> hold up. You just told me I had a major event happen. Yeah, yeah, you had a major event, but you're good. It's good. You're done. You're fine. I've been doing this 30 years. I know exactly what's going on. I'm like, you're telling me I'm okay to fly? He goes, listen, I can walk outside and get hit by a truck. I said, well, if the odds are exactly the same as me getting another clot right now, now I'll, I'll go. I'll fly. Because, or actually, no, because I might run you over with a truck. Anyway, the bottom line is, if you're flying, keep it moving. Drink water. Stay hydrated. Your dad's like, have you been drinking sugar and soda and eating candy? Your dad said that. I said, I eat a bag of candy every day, and I drink Coke. He goes, that causes dehydration, which causes clots. And my dad drinks it. I think my dad has had a Coca-Cola every day for the last 30 years, to be honest with you. Is he drinking water then? How's he staying alive? He drinks water, but he's... I've never seen anybody more obsessed with Coca-Cola in my life than my dad. Well, I'm like, no wonder I'm like a father figure to you, because I love Coca-Cola, <laughs> and I truly believe there are some benefits to Coca-Cola. There's got to be a benefit in there somewhere. Oh, it's awesome. It just tastes good. You know what I mean? Sometimes my stomach's bothering me in the morning before a flight. I'll, pop, I'll drink a little Coke. Bottom line is I was chronically dehydrated because here I am walking six miles a day in the gym every day. I'm not thinking about water. <laughs> I'm not thinking about staying hydrated. So make hydration a part of your life. Wake up in the morning. First thing you should do, drink a bottle of water with a lemon squeezed in it. Get your body properly alkalined. I'm all about it now. I might quit comedy and quit the business and just become a health expert <laughs> because it freaked me out terribly. I'm not the person that you want to have like a near-death experience, as my family all knows. My brother flew in from Florida just to make sure I was okay. They put me, they tricked me while I was in morphine. They're like, do you want a suite at the hospital? We can get you a private room. I just, while I was on morphine and Ativan, I just said, yeah, 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 for sure. And so I ended up in a suite by myself. You know, my brother was, Marty stayed one night with me. And now for the last two weeks, Saget keeps calling going, can you believe I saved your life? I love you, Bob. You, you didn't save my life, bro. I was going to the hospital too. I couldn't breathe. So that was an epic event that happened to me. I go to the comedy store last night. I tell a couple comedians. Turns out other comedians have had this happen before. 
my boy guy like guy tory famous comedian tw- 15 years ago 10 years ago he had it from flying girl i sat with at lunch yesterday carla our makeup artist she had it when she was 22 your dad stock tip dave's father dr van grove 50 years ago had a pulmonary embolism from sitting too long in a hospital exactly what happened creeped up on his lung blood thinners three months you're good so bottom line is sitting is not healthy sitting is the new smoking so i bought a stand-up desk i'm waiting on the handyman to get here i texted him but i got nothing from this guy nothing no what does this mean dave that they, they they can just this is how they live they tell you they're coming at noon and now they don't come at noon well if you got the time frame between 12 and 2 they could show up when you're not expecting it yeah i didn't know about a time frame i'll never use these guys again Meanwhile, I talked to Carrie, our friend Carrie. She says she can fix anything. She offered to build my desk. Really? I just felt emasculated if I had a beautiful girl come over and build my desk, and I can't do it. I don't <laughs> even see any screws in this thing. Anyway, the tour was amazing. Sag and I had a group. We just did so many shows. They were all great shows. It's time for me, though, to get a special. It's time for me to do a comedy special. Life is short. You can die from a blood clot on an airplane. It is time for me to get my special together. Gotta, gotta knock down Netflix's door. It's time to knock down Netflix's door. Hey, Netflix, listen. You got my movie. I love you for that. I love you for that. I met you guys when I, when I wrote the Kanye West show that didn't get picked up because Kanye West didn't show up to the meeting. That's another side story. Have I ever told that story? Yeah, I think you told it on here. Well, yeah, probably one of the first stories I ever told. Anyway, the bottom line is when you get a health wake-up call, a lot of things change. I'm ready to have a baby. I will get somebody pregnant this week. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like Tracy Morgan. I'm ready to just get a baby in here. Like, let's have a baby. Forget that fake-ass Bachelor TV show, The Bachelor. Let's do The Real Bachelor. Who wants to get pregnant with Mike's kid? That's the new Bachelor, okay? Oh, my God. We should make that a poll question. Let's make it. Let's do it, Dave. You're in charge of our social media. Find me a baby. Find me a girl that's cool and smart and beautiful. She could even have one kid already. I want a family, man. The question, who can be Mike's baby mama? Who's going to be Mike's baby mama? (laughs) This could be the guy. Oh, it's Connolly. Oh, I missed his call. Kevin Connolly. I'll call you back, Kev. Um, Anyway, it's been a really... The irony of all this... I didn't even tell you this. Did I tell you when I flew to Florida on my layover, it was my brother's birthday, and on my layover in Atlanta, I saw my brother coincidentally, so I hugged my brother on his birthday in Atlanta, and I thought to myself, this is how it all goes down. My plane's going down, and I just got to hug my brother on the day before his birthday, on on his birthday, and the day before Mother's Day. You were saying you had like a premonition. Did I tell you that after? I hate to even bring these type of things up, but like, you know, obviously my dad passed away when I was young and I talked to my dad all the time in my mind, at least, you know, and I imagine what he would say to me. And like last week I was having like some conversations with him and I swear I can't remember if he was like, it's, you know, come hang with me now or now's not your time to come hang with me. But whatever it was, it was close. It was a close call and it was a scary first close call. I don't like health scares, Dave. Obviously, I don't even like, I can't even handle cat hair on your shoulder. <laughs> this is the curse of being a sensitive artist. I'm cursed. I'm sensitive. I have allergies. I get stomach aches. My brother is made out of concrete. My brother, 
is the strongest person I know. He doesn't even have a cough. He has to, I, 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 I've never seen him cough in his life. <laughs> he's never been sick. He just doesn't get it. He's just a f- brick house. So he's like unbreakable. And br- he's unbreakable. Brisbane. My brother will beat up everybody in town. Like everyone, you guys want to talk about all the tough guys you grew up with. <laughs> no, no, no. There's like eight tough guys in the world that no one knows about. My brother's one of them. <laughs> all right. When we were amateur boxers, my brother was 17 years old. We were in a boxing tournament, amateur tournament. My brother fought a 31-year-old Mexican gangster fresh out of prison, tattooed from the neck down. My brother was a clean-cut Jewish athlete and knocked him out so bad in the second round, they stopped the fight, which is almost impossible in the amateurs. You never stop. Like, it's, wow. it's, almost, it's hard to knock someone out in the amateurs with headgear on. And we had full headgear. And this dude had his family there, everybody. Wow. And my brother. Knocked him out. He just, and by the way, as tough as he is, is as sweet as he is. And I figured out, my brother is so nice because when you're that tough of a person, you just want to be nice. Because otherwise, if you're like a fake tough guy who's mean to everybody and picking fights, you're just a loser. You're a fucking loser. But if you're a real, real, legit, badass person, you are the nicest, sweetest person. That reminds me of the picture you have on your wall. You and Muhammad Ali. Totally. Muhammad Ali, I was fortunate enough to meet him during the taping of Ali. I went to a boxing gym. I met Ali. Obviously, he put my hand on his chin in that picture. I would never raise my hand up with the Muhammad Ali. He took my hand, my fist, and put it on his chin, and then we posed for the picture. So the bottom line is... Muhammad Ali, one of the sweetest human beings on the planet, would have whooped the planet. Now, Mike Tyson's a different story. You know what I mean? He's got his own issues, but Mike Tyson, that's why you see him, Ma, so sweet, everybody. It's so, so nice to meet you. I'm just, you know, great to meet you, Dave. You're a very sweet person. You, It's great that you run a podcast. It's incredible. So nice. But Mike Tyson will pull your head off your shoulders and throw it down the hallway. You know what I mean? You like that punch in the hangover where he knocks out Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. Out cold. One of the best scenes of any movie ever. It was genius. Todd Phillips. So, anyway, I'm back to healthy. I'm on these blood thinners for three months. They got me on them. It's weird because I almost feel better than I felt. Like, I just feel like, I'm thinking, maybe I've been clotted for years. Maybe I just needed my blood to get thinned out for a sec. Yeah. Because I am feeling like, I feel kind of great. I don't want to jinx it, even though my ears still pop, but I think that's caffeine. But life, we're only on the fourth floor. (laughs) I'm on the fourth floor, Dave. My ears aren't popping from being on the fourth floor. But take care of your health. Number one, all the money in the world don't mean a damn thing if you can't enjoy it. Not a damn thing. Okay? You You know that, right, Dave? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've been drinking quite a bit lately, not to put you on blast, but I think I thought you, I thought you were going to curtail it. No, I mean, I've only been having one or two, and I stopped. Is that true? Yeah. Like, yes, like I would, I would say I've had four drinks in the last two weeks. Well, then that's fantastic. Meanwhile, on the blood thinner, they don't even tell you that you, they, they tell you you could do anything. I could have a drink. You could do anything. All it is is thinning. It's like, it's like a, it's like an aspirin on steroids. I think it really makes your uh, blood run through your system smoother. I'll probably get lit up if I have one tequila. <laughs> but I'm going to take a few months off of drinking because let me tell you something. I've been, I, I've been drinking tequila. I've been eating candy. I haven't been living right again. And I hate to say this, man. 
And I don't drink a lot at all. You know me. You've known yeah. me for a few years. You've only seen me slow sip tequila, yeah. but it's or a powerful you, sip. Or you had just have a big jug of water you walk around with. Or, yeah, when I'm drinking. But nothing positive in my life has happened with alcohol. It's just not my thing. It's, I've been dehydrated in the hospital because of it. I've gotten in a fight with an organized crime member and ended up in the hospital because of it. I went to a bar and got sucker punched in West Palm Beach. Alcohol was involved. Um, I got into a car accident years ago where it wasn't even my fault, but there was alcohol involved. I left the scene of the crime. Alcohol has not been my friend. So I'm just, you know, I've taken a year off here and there. I took a year and a half off at one point. It's just, it's not my thing, man. So it might just be it for me and alcohol. Like if maybe I'll have like a sip here and there or a shot once in a while, but my personality doesn't get better. Didn't you say that when you had vertigo, it was like the first the time? The first? You, oh, yeah. The first time Thank you tried you. it. The first time I brought alcohol back after a year and a half. I woke up the next morning and vertigo hit me, okay? Now, you could tell me that's a coincidence and they have nothing to do with each other, but let's be honest. You know what did have something to do with it? Dehydration from the alcohol, okay? You don't get vertigo. You don't, I never had vertigo in my life. I felt great my whole life. I stopped drinking for a year. I drank tequila. The next morning, I woke up. I was in a fucking ENT's office getting flipped around to get the ear crystals back. I got a fragile head. I wish I had one of those giant heads like Conan O'Brien or Matt or Ben Affleck, but I got a small head. You know, I just don't have a giant movie star head like they said in Entourage. But I'm back. I'm feeling good. Me and Connolly, single mic is in color right now. It's getting colored, corrected, and it's getting sound designed. I'm very excited. I want to make a plan. You know what I mean? I want to sell this thing to a network. Yeah. Or I want to figure out like an amazing disruptive way to put it out independently. So like if we got 100,000 people to watch Single Mike, like it was their new favorite show, right? And they paid $3. How much is $3 times 100,000 100, people? 100, is that 300,000 or yeah. is that 3 million? Well, no, 100,000 times 3 is 300,000. 300,000. Dave, I count on you for math. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. So seems like 100,000 times three is it's definitely 300,000, but yeah. isn't there like a bunch of zeros that could come up to that can't come to three million anywhere? If you got 300,000 to pay, and one six dollars, six dollars would be 600,000. You take you need you need 30 people to get three million dollars, right. so people pay a $15 to go to a movie, right? They pay $15 to sit for an hour and a half in a feature film, yeah. What if they paid eight dollars? For their favorite show. Every time it came on. They just paid eight dollars. I know on iTunes I think it's like two ninety nine per episode and then the season will cost you like fifteen dollars. Something like that. For what show are you talking about? Like are there shows that are doing that right now? Yeah, so the shows that I've seen on iTunes, you can either buy an episode for like two ninety nine or three ninety nine, or you yeah. can buy the whole season for like twenty bucks. Really? Can you name a single show? Because I like to disrupt the marketplace with single mic. The I'm one. coming out with the show that has diversity. You know what I mean? My manager's black. My ex-girl is African-American. The girl that won't leave me is Mexican. I got an Asian hottie that's ruining a party. 
You know what I mean? I'm a Jew from Detroit with a sister-in-law, you know, (laughs) an African-American sister-in-law from the south side of Chicago. You know, I got two beautiful mixed nephews. I'm living in this melting pot, and I want to show the world that life should be a melting pot. Fuck white people. Fuck you, pale-ass whitey. (laughs) I mean, that's I'm overdoing it right now, but you know what I mean. Like, let's mix it up, people. Let's have a fun life. You just reminded me of uh, the scene. Dave in- just looked at me, by the way, when I said F white people. He just looked at me like, oh, be careful. The motor says KKK. Someone's coming. <laughs> you, Whatever. You just Come. reminded me of when Chris Farley in the movie Black Sheep's trying to support his brother's politi- politician's trail. And he goes on stage and he goes, he goes, kill whitey. <laughs> and That's the whole amazing. audience goes quiet. That's amazing. What was it, Tommy Boy? No, it was Black Sheep. Black Sheep. God, man, Chris Farley was so much fun to watch. God, was he awesome. Uh, so anyway, I'm back. What's that? Tell him about the Seinfeld picture. Oh, my God. This is beautiful. Two days ago, I have a lunch meeting slash just lunch with my good friend John Weiser, the president of Sony Television First Run. Sony First Run TV, he's the president. He's running the show at Sony. We've been friends for years. He's actually a mentor of mine. He, he's an amazing, like, everybody needs a mentor, and I wish I talked to him more because I need mentorship more. There's so many things I would, you know, he actually is the one of the people who's like, Mike, if you have this chance to go make single Mike, go make it. Go make it. Go do it. And he, that next day, I made the call, got the wire, money came in, I went and made it. But I go to lunch at Sony. John's the man over there. You know, we get a great lunch in the Sony, you know, VIP section of the cafeteria or whatever. And John is responsible for selling Seinfeld globally as a TV show. He's brought in more money to Sony than anybody. Literally. To the point where Jerry Seinfeld, when it comes to selling his show and getting his business from Seinfeld in order... He says, I only want John Weiser to handle my stuff. That's it. And that's a fact. So like Seinfeld makes the call. Distribution. Yeah. Sales. He's a master sales. He's the Tony Robbins of selling TV. <laughs> Literally. And now he's producing TV. So he's having a creative moment right now. And it's great. So we went there. And he's like, Mike, do you like Seinfeld? I said, do I like Seinfeld? I've got a book of 50 Seinfeld scripts sitting next to my bed right now. I looked at, I read Seinfeld 20 episodes of it before I wrote Single Mike's episode for the pilot because structurally, this is what I want to feel like. So, yeah, I love Seinfeld. He said, come to my office. I want to give you something. We go to the office. He gives me a framed picture of Seinfeld's last episode with the cast and every actor, famous great actor that made an appearance on Seinfeld in the picture. And it's from the last day of filming Seinfeld. He gave it to me, That's man. That's awesome. I came home, and I don't need a handyman for this. I bought some hangers. I bought, some, I bought a hammer, some nails, and a hook. And that thing's sitting right up there next to my uh, a stand-up guy poster. We'll post it on Instagram so you can see it. Yeah. It's amazing. But I'll tell you, Dave, having this health scare, it makes you reappreciate life. You know, and I don't want to. I don't wish your cat death. But when this thing <laughs> dies and we get your clothes cleaned, I can't wait till we start podcasting in person like this because I can't breathe when your cat hair's everywhere. I think it's just the shirt, the cloth, and the shirt. I'll have to wear a different shirt next time. 
I swear. And just admit it. You know, you, you can admit it. You don't have to come in here and go, this was just dry clean. It was heavy. No, no, I swear to God, that's but, true, though. But what, does cat hair float through the air and it just clings to a random shirt that's Me, I have no idea how it happens. I legitimately picked it up. I took all of the saran wrap off and I put it on for the first time since I got it cleaned. Six hairs and I'm sneezing. And I guess it just didn't come off even through the dry cleaner. By the way, how nice is it that we're doing this on the balcony? Oh, no, I love it. Isn't it the great? Nice sunshine. By the way, we're looking at CBS Studios over my balcony where they're shooting American Idol and they're shooting a bunch of shows over there. Beautiful sunny day. I'll like go never- shoot a whole show in that bungalow right there. <laughs> does that say Bungalow 26? Yeah, it does. Does it? Yeah. Okay, now I'm seeing signs everywhere, okay? I, I think my brother should be my manager, and I'll tell you why. When I saw him on his birthday, his favorite number is 26. My seat on my airplane was 26E. I just turned left, and I looked at the bungalow of, of a prop set right here at CBS, number 26. My brother needs to be in my mix all the time. By the way, my brother, I flew my brother out for single mic production. He ran the bank. You can fuck with me all day. Yeah. He ain't fucking with my brother. He runs the bank. You saw him. Oh, yeah. He handled the checks. And all these guys want to come and get paid early. Nah, nah, nah. Don't work like that, buddy. Oh, yeah, nah. No, doesn't. I know you're used to the, we could all be used to the Hollywood shit. No, no, no. He we, stuck we to grew his up guns. In, stuck to his gun, literally. We grew up in, on eight miles shoveling scrap metal. You don't get paid till you got the product. You don't get paid till you're done with the job. You know what I mean? Out here in Hollywood, these guys are coming up, you know, this guy wants to get his money early. Can I get paid before tomorrow? What world do you live in, man? <laughs> We're making a product here. I guess people are used to signing bonuses and advances. Uh, well, good for them because we don't <laughs> live in that world. Although I have had many advances... And I've had many signing bonuses, so to speak. Not many. That's an exaggeration. But I've had, like, deals where they'll give you, you know, money up front against what you potentially could make. So, you know, if you sign, like, uh, I signed a deal for a development show for TV. They gave me 90 grand and never made the show. I didn't owe that money back, but it was, like, in advance. And if we would have made the show, they would have taken their money back first dollar. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So anyway, man, it's just I'm just happy to be alive. Appreciate your health. Be around people you like and only do shit that you're enjoying. And I know this sounds crazy. Some people have to do a job and they that's what pays the bills. Try to figure out a way to make your job fun to you. Whatever it is. And by the way, your job, don't let your job even define you. You know, find a hobby after work that you like. Find something within those hours that you can find joy in, man, cuz you know, we only get this ride one time, man. You know, this is me talking after a health scare. Yeah. This is pulmonary embolism post. <laughs> I'm in post-production right now, bro. You know, I want to make my Run DMC movie. I'll speak it on the air. I don't care. I met with the chairman of Warner Brothers. You know what I mean? I've got a beautiful situation. There's a few things, stories that I still want to tell. You know what I mean? In my life, I want to do a movie about where I grew up because it was like dazed and confused. It was like a melting pot of people and characters. I want that. I want to do my Run DMC situation because not only do I love them and thought I was going to be in the group as a child, it was my favorite group of all time. But there's a reason I became friends with them and worked with them and the the reason that Jam Master Jay's kids came to me, you know what I mean, to help make this happen. And the timing's perfect for you to be doing this because... 
They just had the Showtime documentary about on the Wu Tang. On Wu Tang, so the timing couldn't be better. Kind of timing couldn't be better. You know, I couldn't have had a better person. I, you know, Connolly's a huge hip hop fan. I got him in the mix with me, and you know, you just bring him into a meeting, and the play, you know, the room lights up because he's got the energy, and you know, you don't know, but like you walk in with Kevin and you talk to the president of a company. Meanwhile, you know, I'm sitting here kind of half nervous. Connolly's like, "Don't worry about it, bro. I dressed as a Skeletor three Halloweens ago with the guy." You know, <laughs> so like, it's funny, man. As much Hollywood stuff as I've been involved in, I always feel like an outsider. I just don't feel like I'm from this wor- world, this business. And I got to kind of flip that mentality and kind of go, I got the dope. Like, I got the, I'm the one with the good drug. I got the product. Yeah, exactly. I am in your business. You know, but like these guys, they grew up in this world. You know, Kevin had 70 commercials and bought two houses when he was nine. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he was paying two mortgages at nine years old, walking wow. around with a mustache. <laughs> a mustache at nine years old. Yeah, he was a nine-year-old with a mustache and a tool belt. You know, I didn't grow up like this. I just, I come from a whole different, my first 25 years were not in this. Yeah. I was fucking shoveling scrap metal. I went to college. I was on eight mile with my father in a dump truck. You know what I mean? I just dreamed about this and like used to be, I just had a knack for writing and I just loved it so much. I knew I would get to this place, but it wasn't where I started. I had no family in this business. You know what I mean? I had no friends in this business. I just came out here like really just talking shit when I got here. <laughs> like straight up, I got my hustle game on from some of the best hustlers in the world back in Southfield. So what gave you the idea to go to the comedy store like for the first time? I had heard about the comedy store. It was famous on TV. I saw like, you know, Richard Pryor had a special that was shot there. And it was just the most famous comedy club on Sunset Boulevard. And so when I got here and I knew I wanted to get on stage... I'll never forget, I, I, they had an open mic on Sundays. You could go sign up in the afternoon. You stand out there with 50 other 80 comics, whatever. And I had two roommates. My college roommates were my roommates in L.A. And I went in my room for like three hours. And I was writing on a legal pad. And I came out and I was like, okay, here's my act. And, they, and to this day, 21 years later, whatever, they still bring up to me, Mike, we remember you went in your room, you wrote your act, you came out, you did your act, and then I drove you, he, Zach, my boy Zach, drove me to the comedy store that night, that day, to sign up. And I went on stage that night, the first time I ever signed up at the comedy store, and I bombed. And I bombed. <laughs> but I fell in love with it day one, and it was game over. But, but that's I, quite common, though, your first totally. time. Totally. But I had my act prepared, but I could always do a good Mike Tyson. And should I take this from Connolly? Should we pause for one sec? Can we yeah. pause? pause we're back wow it's a 35 minute podcast is beautiful just talked to Connolly. you know i'll just be open and transparent right now because you know what this is life i've been fortunate wow you smell that yeah i've been fortunate, <laughs> good for him. i've been fortunate enough to be friends with some of my people that some of my the people that i admire most in this entertainment game and run dmc is one of them and now i'm just super excited that Connolly's my partner on this as a producer, and we have the potential chance right now to make a Run DMC freaking project, They're scripted awesome. real deal. And the agents and the lawyers are—they're on the phone this today. We'll see what they say. But 
I'm taking the whole thing by the balls, and I'm just going, hey, man, I think you guys are going to want to kind of hurry on your end because I'm going to be with Run and D and Jay's kids, excuse me, and Jam Master Jay's kids if I want next week. And I'll get, based on trusting me alone, which the group does, I'll get them all to sign the paperwork at the tribute. You know what I mean? They're doing a Run DMC pop-up in Manhattan with Adidas and the whole thing next Wednesday. So I may go, depending on the blood clot situation. Yeah. But, I mean, everyone says I'm fine with the, uh, you know, with the thinners. Well, if we'll be safe, get, get the bed. Get by the, the way, I'll go for, Oh, yeah. By the way, we'll wrap this podcast up with that thought. So Saget gets me a mint first-class ticket. After they tell me I can fly back to L.A. from Florida, I get a first-class mint ticket, which is mint is like a bed. It goes down. There's a blanket. There's a pillow. There's all kinds of footwork. You know, you could kick your feet up. I'm really not even comfortable in a mint bed because it's like I don't want to sleep laying down while the plane is up there. I, I, I like a seat. Like, let's, let's give me a big, giant seat. I'm good. I don't need to lay out. But the guy next to me was this actor, Jose Zuniga, who's been in 100 TV shows. He's amazing. I had no idea who he was. He looked like a doctor sitting next to me. So just up front on the airplane, I just said, to listen, buddy, I'm sorry. Up front, I'm going to be crossing over you a bunch to stretch out and drink water and move around. He's like, what happened? So I told him about the clot incident. And it turned out, he's like, you got to go see my guy, Dr. Rico. I'm like, Dr. Rico, that's my guy. Like, I know Dr. Rico. He's not my doctor. He's my friend, but he's a top heart guy. Anyway, long story short, we talked for a while. I made a new friend on the flight through my complaining. <laughs> and I'm here, bro. And we took a little 10-minute pause. That was Kevin Con- You don't get Connolly off the phone. That either. I mean, he's, Kevin will talk, bro. He could talk. It's like there's like a fire engine inside of his stomach that it's just funny goes. Because sometimes he'll call me. And it'll be the shortest conversation ever. He'll like talk to me for three minutes and be like, I got to go, and then hang up. My favorite thing to do with Connolly is, because sometimes he'll talk over you, is I try to have a talk contest. He doesn't know I'm doing it, but I try to talk over him while he's talking, because he talked over me while I was talking. I just want to <laughs> see if he even knows that I'm talking, which he doesn't. But yeah, He's accidentally FaceTimed me twice since last night. <laughs> yeah, you're on, his, you're on his quick dial. But anyway, that's... Uh, it's Friday, Memorial Day weekend. I'm going to book a flight to Detroit and I'm for like Tuesday, and maybe I'll go to New York on Wednesday. Blood thinnered up, knee deep in water. Get I'm ready to go. I got to really think about this. Anyway, this has been a great, perfect podcast. 35 minutes is a good length. Stock tip, Dave. Thanks for reaching out to your dad when the shit went bad. <laughs> Absolutely. Anything I can do to help. Appreciate it, bro. You can keep your cat off your shirt. Yeah, I think it's just this one shirt. I'll never wear this shirt near you again. No, I don't. I mean, I don't want to say that. I don't want to like dictate your clothing. But like, Dave, I love you, buddy. But I'm looking at you right now. There's six clumps of hair in your bicep area right there. It's just flying out of there. I, I, I this, it's unavoidable. Put your sleeves down and just go like this. Like, shake yourself out, bro. There's cat hair. I was joking with this girl. I told her, "Call me when your cat dies." <laughs> this is great. And her cat died. <laughs> so her cat died. So we're back talking again. You know, and once she gets a full cleaning crew in there, then we're really, you know, we'll see if we can't make something work. But I couldn't date her. She had a cat living there. Even though she's got a beautiful two-bedroom place, uh, it's just too bad. Cats are ruining the world for people. Cats, by the way, do you think the cat wants to be around you, all you cat lovers? Your cat doesn't love you. How about that for a t-shirt? Your cat doesn't love you. Your emotional support dog needs emotional support. How about that for a t-shirt? Bam. Dave, do you know anything about websites? Because MikeYoungComedy.com is getting built, but I have no content yet for it. And I want to 
get content going, bro. I need to put my content on my thing and I want money coming in while I sleep. Yeah. And I'm offering you on the air just up you can have a piece of everything that comes in if you can set this up. Okay. Do you know how to set up any kind of website, anything? I can try to figure it out. It would be one of my very first, but I can do the research. I have faith that Stock Tip Dave can learn these things because he can't remember to put a shirt on without cat hair. He can't remember really how to change lanes while driving in a fast way. But if you give him a task, he can handle it. I learned how to edit from YouTube in a month. There you go. Where's your editing? All right. (laughs) Mike Young, Stock Tip Dave, stories that need to be told. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. We'll be at you next week. Peace. Oh, what else do I? Oh, yeah. I'm at the real Mike Young. Check me out. At Stock Tip Dave. Check him out. And at stories that need to be told. At stories that need to be told because they need to be told later. Take me back when I was a kid. Take me Never back. Never had now. to worry about what I did. The one time I'm a one, man two. now. Check it out. Now. Gotta the get Motown it down. No time. Getting down now. now. Take me back uh, when I was a one, kid. Two. Never had to worry about what back. I did. Coming back for you. But I'm a man now.